What's going on? What's going on? It's Monday in the Tamale Mafia universe. I'm your host, A-A-Ron. And uh, first of all, let me apologize because I didn't release an episode on Thursday because my face is rejecting me. My face hates me. My face is like, fuck you. And uh, so... Um, not really my face. This mostly has to do with pollen or what some might call chemtrails. Hey, who's, who's pollen? Who's that? Pollen? Who's pollen? I have a cousin named Paul. Ooh. <laughs> Listen to the Just Breathe podcast. Hey, Paul was on the podcast last week. Did you hear it? Or did you listen to it? I think I fell asleep. Ooh. Sorry. What's going on? Was it boring? No, I was very sleepy. I understand. I get sleepy too. Listen, listen, folks. My, uh, I, I sound a little bit like I'm underwater. I think to me in my own head, that's what I sound like. Um, I'm battling allergy season, uh, which means that I'm not sleeping well at night. I'm waking up with snot pouring off my chin. Um, <laughs> it's stuck to my pillow. My face stuck to my pillow. Uh, there's just a lot of, a lot going on. There's a lot of drainage and drippage. Um, there's a lot of sneezing. And, uh, so, you know, one of the things that, that I've been dealing with, uh, with sneezing has to do with this fucking rib cage of mine on the left-hand side. (laughs) I guess a few years back, I sneezed my way into a major injury in my rib cage. It was like, I didn't break a bone, but... I ripped all the muscles between my ribs because the violent action of my sneeze actually separated the muscles and ripped them open. And I bled internally, so my entire side was black, and I couldn't breathe without pain. So ever since then, every time around this time of the year, if I sneeze more than like six times total, I'm fucked. My ribs start aching. Um, I get to the point where I'm like, I can't breathe. So that's been going on this past week. Can't uh, can't sleep, can't breathe, can't talk properly. Um, and uh, so I didn't release an episode on Thursday because I just I just I felt like and sounded like shit, and I didn't want to put you guys through that of me just going. Uh, uh, it would have been an hour of that. So. Energy's up a little bit this week, but I still feel like I'm under the water uh, of this allergy thing. I'm sorry, chemtrails. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so... Uh, Man, this flat earth is really getting to me. Yeah, yeah, the flat earth is really, really uh, messing with us. Um, so I'm going to try to turn... <coughs> you right there? Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, for your listening pleasure, I'm going to try to turn most of this podcast over to my son, Dax. He's 12, so, uh, you know, he's never run a podcast before, so he's going to try to he's gonna try to work out some of the kinks there and carry um, this podcast for the most part. I'm going to try to hang in there and add some commentary where I possibly can, but, uh, again, I'm working overtime just to try to get this much information out of my head uh, without sounding like total, complete shit. So, um... Another thing that I was thinking about. Hey, hang on a sec. Where's my Where's my music? Where's my music? Oh yeah. That is what she said. Hey man. Ben sound knows how to do it. That is what she said. Hey, Ben Sound, don't sue me, man. Just keep listening. I give you all the credit, bro. All of it. You're a genius. You really pull my show together. What would I do without Ben Sound? Uh, hey, guys, you can find the Tamale Mafia podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Podcast Attic, and a bunch of other shit nobody cares about. Uh, for information about the Tamale Mafia podcast, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Tamale Mafia, where if you go there, I promise you, there ain't shit on there about the Tamale Mafia podcast. 
All you will find is episode links, which are good because inside these episodes, you will find all the information you need about how to find all the information you need about nothing. <laughs> I don't know. You hear, you hear, uh, find it on Facebook. You go to Facebook, you go to an episode, it's the same episode. Yeah. Tells you to go to Facebook. Hey, did we say it's the Tamale Mafia podcast where everything and nothing collide? I think we left that part out. Oh, man. That's a big no-no. That is a big no-no. Hey, you're 12. Hey, yeah. Listen, so, he's 38. Hey, easy. Easy. I'm 26. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So here's here's the thing. Uh, you ever... Do you ever uh, sleep violently? Yes. Like my mother has trouble waking me up in the morning. No, no. Is that like deep sleeping or sleeping like rolling around and? Yeah, I'm like where you wake up covered in blood. See, that's never happened to me. Or with furniture broken. Mm. I once give or take. I once uh, was laying. I was sleeping in this bed. And I did a kickflip off the edge of the bed. I didn't fall off the bed, but I kicked a table that was next to the bed <laughs> and broke the table and <laughs> severely damaged my foot. How? Do you remember your dream? Yeah, it was, I was in some kind of fight. Oh, man. It's always a fight. I'm always in a fight. I'm always in some kind of battle. My, my dreams are so wild and dangerous and like... I've died multiple times. I've been shot multiple times. I'm always in some kind of police uh, raid where I'm a, a police officer or FBI agent or military something where I'm in, like, taking down some kind of drug cartel. Um, I mean, I'm just always some kind of wild something going on. Hey, hey, I live in that drug cartel, okay? Yeah. Well, huh? Huh? Okay. So, <laughs> I uh, this week I had a dream where I was... Um, I was actually in a uh, in the shower, and my shower has uh, a glass wall and a glass door, and the door swings out. So I was in the shower, it was all steamy, and somebody came in. Oops! And it was one of those things where, like, whoever came in, I, I knew they were they were there for no good reason. It was a bad situation. I was I was about to be attacked in my own shower. And so I I timed it to where they got to the door. I did this move where I kicked open the door and came out of the shower at the same time. So like I pushed off the back like the back wall of the shower, kicked myself and flew through the doorway to like have this naked fight with some <laughs> intruder. Some dude. Yeah. Um so that was in my dream. Now in real life in the real world, I, I flew, not just fell, flew off my bed, like across, not across my room, but I didn't just roll off my bed. I flew. Like I jump kicked myself and all of my pillows and blankets, everything. My entire bed was empty of anything. Everything came with me. I flew off my bed. You wore your blanket as a cape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I landed on the floor. I, I woke up because my bed is kind of high. I woke up flying through the air <laughs> and realized, oh, God, this is not what I thought I, where I thought I was. And then crushed the floor. I slammed into the floor. My floor, like my work boots were there. My vest, some other stuff. I just slammed onto it um, and crumbled into the on like a pile on the floor. Immediately, as soon as I hit the floor, I immediately transported mentally back into my dream, where I was then stuck between my shower wall and my toilet. How does that even happen? Like I was laying in my bathroom <laughs> naked. <laughs> sliding around S stuck oh. between the shower wall and the toilet like underneath the toilet and I was like help I'm stuck under the toilet <laughs> yeah 
And then sometime later, I realized I'm not stuck under the toilet. I'm laying on my floor in my bedroom. And then I woke up and I was laying on the floor in my bedroom and I got up and it was like 345 in the morning. When was this? A few days ago, a couple of days ago. Wow. Yeah. So I sleep violently. I have at times given myself a bloody nose in the middle of my sleep cycle and not woken up until the next morning. Sometimes I have, okay, not recently, but I used to do this more often than not. I used to pee and not wake up. <laughs> have you ever had that dream? Yeah. Drink a lot of water while they're, gosh, drink a lot of water before bedtime. Oh, man. In your dream, you're standing at the perfect looking urinal. Your little fly hanging out in the, in the urinal. Oh, man. You know what to do in that situation. Then you wake up. That's never a fun time. Yeah. That's never... No, you're right. Sometimes I, I, I wake up right at the right moment where... A couple drops just come out? Yeah. yeah. It's like, I thought I, I'm, I'm fully into this dream. Sometimes I, I wake I've, up and just... Well, I used to wake up and just let it happen. I thought I, had, I was in full, full release mode. <laughs> just painting the walls. Of this dream, <laughs> waggling it back and forth, <laughs> just writing my name in the snow or something, and then wake up and like, oh my god, I'm in my bed, <laughs> and then be totally dry and like, wow, I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> I almost peed in my own bed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what's been going on here lately. What else has been going on? Um, Talking about danger zones. Danger zone? Yeah. Talking about... Where, where... When pee comes out, where pee comes out. Talking about that. Um, okay. I left school on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, good story. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know how to tell it. You're, you're good at telling stories, and you know what happened. You need to tell the story. This is your story. I'm not good at telling stories. You are great at telling stories. Tell this story. Okay. Start from the beginning. So. When is the beginning? My mom drops me off at school. Having a good day. People greet me. I go inside. I head over to my first period. Math. No. I'm fine. Right at the end of first period. Hold on, give me a second. I've been drinking A and W. Okay. Right at the end of first period, I feel this is really bad pain. Kind of like I've just been kicked in my right. Mad. My right nad. The right one. The, your right pock. Mm. Your right undery. My right meat scepter. What? <laughs> okay. So it wasn't pleasant, but it was bearable. I could I could handle it, and I was just like, it'll get better, you know. I've felt this pain before. But then it didn't get better. At first, it kind of started off real subtle. Didn't hurt that much. By the end of second period, I was ready to go to the nurse and get going home. It didn't feel great. So I go to third period. The pain peaks. It's horrible. It feels like I've gotten shot. I don't know what being shot feels like. I don't want to experience it. But it kind of felt like what I would think being shot feels like. Taking a shot to the old ballsies? Well, to the old ball. My right one. Your favorite one? My favorite one. So, I make it through third period. Somehow, I think I punched a table to where my, 
I could focus on my hand and not my right nut. So, fourth period, my teacher's a nurse, also. She's a retired nurse. I go into her class, I'm walking all sideways and waddling around because I can't walk a certain way or else I'll have a horrible pain. And she says, is everything okay? And then she says, if I am right about what I think is going on, then you should probably go see the nurse. So I go and see the nurse, and she says, well, you should probably go check in the bathroom real quick to see if anything's wrong. If there's any swelling or discoloration, tell me. So I go into the bathroom, and there's swelling and discoloration. So I had a, a big, right red nut. <laughs> so I'll never drink big red again. <laughs> so, um... Where was I? I have a big red right nut. So I call my mom. She says, make it through the day. And I was like, I'll try. Well, I tried my hardest. So I move on to fifth period, which I have the same teacher, but it's an art class. And she says, okay, you look like you're in a lot of pain. Go see the nurse again. So I go see the nurse again, but instead this time she calls my dad. And she explains to him what's going on. And he says, Okay, I'm coming to pick you up. So he comes to pick me up. And my mom... uh told my dad to um bring me to a to this clinic that I go to that I want, that I go to frequently for checkups and things like that and I go there and the doctor looks and he says you guys need to head over to the ER right now he said I'll call and tell them that you are coming so we head over to the ER, and there were like, um, how many people do you think there were? Like 25, 30? Probably. So, I thought I was going to be there for like eight hours. So, we were doing some research. <laughs> <laughs> what? Eight hours. Yeah. So we were doing some research, and what we had found out so far is that the symptoms that I have been receiving could have been from testicular torsion, which means like whenever you're, whenever one of your nuts get twisted up, right? Yeah. So it said that I would have six to eight hours to get it repaired before it dies. <laughs> I started praying. I said, oh, God, not my right nut. I really didn't want my right nut to fall off. One, that pain would be unbearable. And two, I would have to live with one nut. I'll be one pock. One ball willy. One shot. <laughs> so, they bring me in and they do an ultrasound on my balls. And he sent us, and the nurse that did the ultrasound on the ball, on my balls, sent us to a, um, to a, a little room where we could wait. We waited. Um, one of the doctors came back, said that uh, I was fine. You know, nothing's gonna happen. That was kind of a surprise. So they give, they prescribed me some medicine that we had to go pick up. Uh, we went and picked it up, and um, that was basically it. But the swelling has not 
slowed down, per se, tennis ball size. <laughs> Good lord. I know. Dude, I, I was like, I was, uh, I was trying not to <laughs> make light of everything that was going on, but the, uh, the male anatomy <laughs> in in that region spit it out <laughs> is solely for making fun of yes it makes babies and it's ma- and it makes jokes that's all that that's good for <laughs> and if you can't laugh about a ball situation <laughs> then you really can't laugh about anything your sense of humor sucks because even though it was a serious situation, okay, yes, we didn't want him to become one shot. Yeah, during the ultrasound, I was laughing my ass off. Well, so dude. He, he was rubbing this little <laughs> remote-looking object on my nutsack. Dude, at one point, he turned up the volume. <laughs> I was like... What are you expecting to hear? <laughs> now, I know he's looking for something specific, and it's probably blood flow, right? He's probably like looking for the <laughs> in and out sound of blood going in and out. But I was in my head, I was like, oh my God, I wish these balls were talking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he turns the volume up, and you hear, hey, let me out of here. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> Help! Help me! I'm dying! <laughs> Something, you know? <laughs> I was, and I was trying hard. I was crying because <laughs> I was trying not to laugh. I was trying to hold it in, but I was inside. I was laughing so hard at the idea of of these little balls screaming out and and for help. <laughs> no, not little. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and then while we were out in the waiting area there was tons of people right yeah and there was this guy there so they called his name to to come up and he he goes he, he was like not moving he kind of sat up and then he was just kind of like sitting there and he, and he's talking into the air, and then I finally realized that he's trying to get somebody's attention, anybody. And he's like, they called my name, but I'm blind. I can't see, which is super sad. And I think the reason he was there was because he had lo- he was losing his vision. I'm thinking maybe something got sprayed in his eyes or something like that. So he was in an emergency situation, and he was not doing good. But the circumstances surrounding him were so funny. Because he's like, I'm blind, I can't see. And then he goes, "My fr- they called my name. My friend, my friend left me and I don't know where to go. And so somebody goes and gets a nurse. First this lady's like, well, do you need a wheelchair? And he's like, I don't know where to go, I'm blind. <laughs> and so they get the, like, the girl that had called his name, they go get the nurse lady and they tell her, Hey, he's blind. That's that's the guy you called, but he's blind. He can't see. And so she goes, okay, come with me. And she just tells him verbally, come with me. And then she turns around and starts walking. And we're like, he's blind. Because <laughs> he stands up and he reaches his hand out and she doesn't grab him. Like He just like grabs the air and then he loses his balance because he's expecting to grab somebody, I guess. And so he just like swipes at the air and then he starts to fall over. And so he's like catching his balance. And then the girl just starts walking away and like three or four people yell out, he's blind. <laughs> and then she gets all at She's like, okay, I got it. And, <laughs> and then she like grabs him by the arm and they walk off. And I was like, good Lord. So he goes and sits down, right? Okay. Five minutes later, here comes this lady huffing and puffing. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, like, freaking straight up asthma. 
walking in carrying a dog <laughs> on a leash. <laughs> She's carrying a dog on a leash and she walks in and she just walks on past us and we're like, wait a minute, you can just bring your dog into the ER? And then this guy across from us, he was like, he started saying like, Boy, that lady, that lady's in the right place because she sounds like she's in a bad shape. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's somebody's friend. And then she go, he was like, oh, well, she's the one that needs to be seen, boy. She looks like she's feeling bad. <laughs> and then he's like, if I was in that bad of shape, I would definitely wouldn't be carrying no dog. <laughs> he's like, and that dog is on a leash. That dog has four legs. She only has two. <laughs> Man, he was riffing on this chick, and we were laughing so hard. And it turns out that that lady with the dog was the friend of the blind guy who had just left him sitting there. And so then I started, I mean, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. I almost lost complete control of my senses because I started thinking like, what if that dog was his seeing eye dog? (laughs) (laughs) She should wait here. She just told him, wait right here and took the dog outside. And that... (laughs) He's like, I can't see. <laughs> she took my CNI dog <laughs> outside. Oh my god! And then she brings the dog back in on a leash, but she's carrying it. Like, what are you doing? So, I mean, we had fun, <laughs> even though we were freaking out a little, and we were up against the wall because they were like. Yeah, if we don't get this taken care of in six hours, then the ball dies and we got (laughs) to remove it. And we're like, do we have a a funeral? (laughs) Hey, you know what? That lady really needed the Just Breathe podcast. (laughs) Just Breathe lady. Yeah, because she couldn't breathe. Uh, But do you have a funeral when your ball dies? Put it in a little casket, put a little suit on it. You throw it into the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Tennis ball. (laughs) You shoot it out of a potato gun. (laughs) (laughs) You launch it out of a potato gun into the ocean. (laughs) Boom. Oh my god, burial at sea. Twenty one gun salute and the twenty first gun is the the potato gun. Yeah, what do you do with a dead ball? <laughs> Frame it. <laughs> Put it in a jar and wear it around your neck. <laughs> this is my ball. <laughs> Rest in peace, Barry. <laughs> I was like, man, if you got to do emergency surgery, I'm going to draw on it to make sure they do the right one. <laughs> do the big one, not the little one. <laughs> The one I made to look like an Easter egg. (laughs) This one. (laughs) Hey, Doc, it's the one that has a beard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so... If you can't laugh about balls, I mean... There's really... I don't know, man. I feel sorry for you. Yeah. It It was a serious situation. And we knew that. And we were in the right place. We were taking care of business. Ball business. But there was plenty of of laughter <laughs> surrounding it. Oh, my God. The old ball business. Yep. Hey, where's our music? I don't know. Let's pull it back. Back up. Oh. Oh. I got this music from Ben Sound over at his website, bensound.com. Groovy. Hey guys, if you like this podcast, share it, like it, comment, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your frenemies, tell your grandma Betty. Swollen ball. 
<laughs> Tell your swollen right nut. Man, he'll love it. Put some little headphones on him. <laughs> hey, hey. Do the surgery on the one that has headphones, okay? <laughs> Not the one that has earbuds. Headphones. <laughs> the one with the headphones. <laughs> I got a little bored on the other one. Studio headphones. Little over ears. He's currently meditating. <laughs> <laughs> He's really trying not to lose it right now. <laughs> Help me! <laughs> I can't breathe! Dude, that doctor was getting so pissed off at me because <laughs> I was laughing. Yeah, I kept telling you to calm down. I was like, dude, calm down. Because the guy doing the, the fucking um, ultrasound, he did not have a sense of humor at all. No. He was like a grumpy Gus. Damn it! How do you not laugh at balls? <laughs> you can see my balls up on the screen. He took one shot of them. He took the shot of the right one. He switched it over. He took a shot of the left one so he could see it in my sack. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, this is some kind of weird full circle shit. What do you mean? Because the very first time I ever saw you was in an ultrasound. <laughs> <laughs> when you were inside your mom's tummy tum And then they showed us your nuts To identify you as a male Like you're having a boy And I was like I'm having a boy And I saw your nuts on the screen <laughs> And then I saw your nuts on the screen yesterday too Oh man Weird That's interesting Like it, comment, join the conversation anytime over at facebook.com forward slash tamale mafia. Yeah, tell us what's going on in your life. We're always interested, yo. We you know, or, know, or don't. We always want to know yeah. what's going on. That's why I say, what's going on? Because I want to know. Nobody ever tells me what's going on. I'm the last to know. I am the last to know. So, uh... What do you mean you're the last to know? You were the first one... Oh, wait. No, you weren't. You were the last one to know I'm about my I'm always the last one to know. It doesn't matter what the subject is. I say, hey, call me and let me know what's going on. Three weeks later... Nothing. I hear it through the grapevine. And I'm like, is that what happened? Nobody told me. I'm the last to know. I, I think I know why. Because they're afraid it'll end up on the podcast. We're brown. Oh, not because we're we're being racially profiled. Heck no. Who does that? Racists. Yeah. I've never been. Uh, I've not had too much in encounters with true racism. Oh, I have. Mostly, like most of the racism that I've been encountered with is. People who try to disguise it as a joke. And I don't like that. If we're buddies, if we're friends, and you're going to bring me a joke about my skin color or my heritage, uh, I'm less likely to be upset by that. But if you're just some random person and you start making fun of me for being brown, then I'm going to have a problem with that. I had this boss one time. And this shitty job that I had. And he liked to call <laughs> he even had it wrong. He he liked to call he liked to call me towelhead, which is like a derogatory term for a for a Middle Eastern person who wears a turban or some kind of like uh thing on their head. And so he would call me towelhead and that sucked. I was always mad about that because I was like, dude, first of all, you got the wrong you got the wrong uh, orientation here. You got the wrong color. Not color, origin, heritage. Yeah, you got the wrong nation, the wrong part of the world. And uh, and then he, I think he would just do that just to be like, somehow it was double offensive because that was not my heritage. And then, I don't know, he was weird. But man, I used to prank him relentlessly. So <laughs> I, got, I got him back for it. Like, I used to just... 
make him miserable. Um, and he never found out it was me. So that was, that was always good. But like, I think one of my favorite things I ever did to him, cause I did a lot of stuff to him, um, that he never found out about. But one of my favorite things I ever did was I, um, I went, I, I wrote on a post-it note, no, a piece of tape. Cause it was like a piece of, uh, scotch tape, real sticky. And I just wrote on the tape, I swallow. And I put it in my hand and then I walked up to him like in our morning meeting and uh, I tapped, I just patted him on the back and I said, Hey, Hey Wes, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, good. I'm fine. And I just patted him on the back. But meanwhile, instead of what I was really doing was pasting this, this tape to his back that said, I swallow. And he walked around with it all day and went to like meet with other, uh, Executives, not executives. He wasn't that kind of person. He he was more like job site kind of guy. So he met with some vendors and some clients. <laughs> <laughs> and the next day, when we had our morning meeting, he was furious because he didn't find it all day until he got home, and his kids read, <laughs> "What does I swallow mean?" <laughs> <laughs> and he was so furious and then he was like he uh in our morning meeting he was like he was like who did this who the hell did this my kids saw this and i was just like <laughs> call me towelhead again motherfucker i was i hated that guy but uh i once have i ever told you I know I haven't talked about this on the podcast because this is a story that I don't really tell that often. <laughs> I'm not super proud of it, but have I ever told you about the time that I did a prank that was so got so out of control that it led to some guy getting divorced? Maybe, but I don't remember. <laughs> it's like pranks. This is the reason I stopped doing pranks because uh, that shit gets gets out of control pretty quick, but. I was like the uh, king of pranks in this company that I worked in. And I didn't really care too much about the job. And I was working on the night shift. So I double didn't care. Uh, I spent most of my time in that company trying to make people laugh. And I was pretty good at it. Um, And so, like, one of the things, like, um, I took our boss's cell phone one time. This was when iPhones first came out. And the managers had iPhones and they were so proud of them. Oh my God. They were so proud of them. And they would like, our, our manager would walk around with his iPhone in his hand so that everybody could see he had an iPhone. He didn't like stick it in his pocket. Yeah. People that, and I'm, I personally am an iPhone user, but I'm not cocky about it. I'm not like, Oh yeah. Look at this poor person. No, no, I'm I'm not. That's, that's a really douche move. Douche move, you know? Yeah. And this was when iPhones first came out. So, this so they was, were exclusive. They were exclusive, and there wasn't Android phones yet. It was just like the old-style cell phone, and then the iPhone was like the first on Touch the market. screen revolutionary. Yeah. And so, I mean, he was like in everybody's face with it. <laughs> and he, he left it. He would leave it laying around all the time. And then he would walk around. Anybody see my phone? Anybody see my iPhone, my brand new state-of-the-art iPhone that nobody else has. Anybody seen it? And then you'd be like, oh, here it is. Here's my iPhone. Has everybody seen my iPhone? Here, it's in my hand now. He's just a douche with it. And so it got really annoying. So the one time he left it on somebody's desk and walked off, so I took it. And I did the old uh, Jim, when Jim pranked um, Andy. When Andy had his cell phone that was like, he had that real yeah. annoying uh, ring ringtone that he made himself. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I took I took this dude's almost said his name. I took this dude's uh, cell phone and I I threw it up in the in the false ceiling, the rafters mm-hmm. <laughs> above the paneling, and then. 
um, he couldn't find his phone, so he's walking around. Hey, anybody see my iPhone? Anybody see my iPhone? And then, so he we had a phone in our in our office area. His office was outside our our room, and so he just I guess assumed that he had left it outside our room. So he went to our phone for whatever dumb reason, and put it on speakerphone, dialed his number, and then would walk out of the room. And he was walking around all the other offices looking for his phone. But it was up in the roof of our office. And it would ring. You could hear it ring on the on the speakerphone. Ring. Whatever his ringtone was, he had said to. In the ceiling, you could hear it. And, and then he would, uh, right when it would, it would go to voicemail, he would, walk, he would walk back in and hang up the speakerphone and dial again. And as soon as it would start ringing, he would walk out again. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy's an idiot. And so he did it like probably five or six times and then gave up. And was and, and so I just got tired of, like, I burned out on this prank pretty quick. It could have gone probably days. <laughs> I don't know. But I burned out on it pretty quick. And so pulled it out of the rafters and stuck it on top of the printer. So he was, like, walking by, and then he goes, Hey, here it is. Here's my iPhone. And he picked it up and it was covered in dirt. <laughs> because it's so dirty up there above the rafters. The thing was covered in dirt. It was like disgusting. And he's like, why is it so dirty? <laughs> <laughs> and then he walked off. But like we had this guy that would fall asleep all the time. Like, we'd get there at 4 p.m. By 4.45, he was out at his desk. So this building was super old. And it, instead of having a, a, a fire alarm where you pull the thing. <coughs> you good? Yeah. All right. This building had these little boxes, and they had a door. And then you're supposed to break open the door and pull out an air horn. That's ghetto. That's the fire alarm. So that you're walking around going, Honk, there's a fire. <laughs> and so, but what I discovered you could do was you could pull the pin out of the hinge for the door and take the entire door system off <laughs> without breaking anything and remove the air horn. And so I did that. And I took the air horn and I went up to this guy that was fully asleep at his desk and we blasted him. I didn't do it. I let this other guy do it. We blasted him with this air horn. And I, I thought he was going to like fall out of his chair or freak out or hey, fuck you guys or whatever. No, man, this dude, we hit the <laughs> air horn and this dude, he had his hand on his keyboard and his mouse and he was fully asleep. And when we hit the air horn, he just started, like, typing and moving his mouse at, like, an an insane speed. Like, he was ultra working super fast. He just, like, bounced up. He was like... <laughs> <laughs> and I was on the floor, dude. I was died laughing so hard. I was on the, laying on the floor. And then he turned around and saw I me. Mean, we were all dying laughing, the whole room. And he was like, ah, man, you guys suck. Y'all are a bunch of jerks. And he, like picked up his whole desk and computer and everything and moved it out into the hallway for the rest of the day because <laughs> he didn't want to see us. <laughs> Wait, was he typing anything? No, he was just slamming <laughs> his hand on his keyboard. He was like... <laughs> oh, it was so dumb. And then that guy used to also take his shoes off all the time. Wait, 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 wait. What about the one... No, not yet. Okay, we're building up to that one. Yeah, we're building up to it. Okay. So this, is this the one or the one after this one? Not there yet. Okay. So I did a lot of pranks in this in this <laughs> building. This in this prank job segment. Uh, and that so the same guy that fell asleep, he he would take his shoes off all the time, and walk around barefoot. Ugh. Which is really gross. Did he have nasty toes? Yeah, he had like a size fifteen shoe. He was enormous. Oh my god! How tall was he? Like six five or six four. 
He was a big dude. Wow. And so he would take off these shoes and then walk around barefoot. And so I waited for him to leave our office and then I took his shoes. <laughs> and I went and put him like in the farthest stall of the men's bathroom, <laughs> like way at the end. <laughs> And so, and it Ew, took him, it took him, to <laughs> yeah, it took him an entire night to find his shoes. And when he finally found him. He was so angry and he was like, I'm going to get you fired for this. And all of a sudden, because he was so mad. What? Can you pass me your hat real quick? My hair's in, all in the way. It'd be really annoying. Sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, podcast. So he was uh, he was so angry when he finally found his shoes because he was like, that is so disgusting and that floor is full of germs and that is disgusting that you made me do that. I had to walk across there to get my shoe. That is disgusting. I'm like, yeah, that's what we all deal with when you walk around here with your stupid bare feet. Like, it's disgusting. Keep your shoes on. And so then, uh, let's see, another time, on our printer, I found out that, you know, the part when you do a print job, the part that shoots the paper out, mm -hmm. if you just put a little piece of clear tape, like scotch tape, right there, it is in, almost impossible to see. But it will not let the paper out. The paper will hit that piece of tape and just stop. And so... <laughs> I put a little piece of tape right there on the little exit. How big does it have to be? Just a little piece. Just a little two-inch piece or whatever. Just right there on the exit. And when the paper comes out, it does not come out. So our boss had pulled the entire machine out, taken it all apart, was laying on the floor with his arms inside the machine had gotten into the ink cartridge. His hands were full of ink. He had made a mess of himself. And then he's like, I can't freaking figure out what's wrong with this stupid thing. There's nothing. He would pull all the paper out, get it totally unjammed, put it back together, go do a print job, and the thing would jam up again immediately. <laughs> I don't understand. He's so mad. And so I walked over and I was like, what's wrong with the printer? And he's like, I don't know. The stupid thing doesn't work. And so I was like, oh, man, some jackass put a piece of tape right here. <laughs> I pulled the tape off. That jackass was me. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. The re the reason that this guy, or not the reason, but th what led up to this guy getting divorced was... Wait, the same guy that... Totally different guy. Uh, okay. This guy was a nice dude. He had he, he really had nothing to do with what was going on. In fact, he had the day that we pulled this prank, he didn't even show up to work. He had taken the day off because he was uh, going to um, an intervention oh boy. <laughs> for somebody who was an alcoholic. <laughs> and so he, he, he took the day off. Well, anyway, since the iPhones had just come out, this lady that was our supervisor, nighttime supervisor, she had a picture on her uh, iPhone on her iPhone of our boss's face. Okay, and it was a horrible picture. It was like the forward-facing camera accidental when you open your camera and it's that that fat chin, double chin, weird angle face. It looked like that. Oh boy! So I was like, oh my god, I love that picture. Send it to me. So she did. And then I took the picture and I put it on a thumb drive and I went to every computer station in our department and loaded it as the background for everybody's computer. <laughs> <laughs> and so the next morning when the day crew got there, they would turn on their computers and see this dude's face almost said his name again. They would see this dude's face uh, staring back at them. So I come into work in my normal 4 p.m. shift, and it's like the place is like a funeral is going on. I mean, there's such a heavy atmosphere. People are looking at me, 
shaking their head as I'm walking by. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is going on? There's, like, managers standing around with their arms crossed. I'm like, what in the world is going on? And this guy just walks up to me. One of those, like, sub-managers walks up to me and goes, who did it? He's this little Asian dude. <laughs> who did it? What? Who did it? I was like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I know you know what I'm talking about. And we know who did it. I just need you to give, to tell me who did it. I need you to tell the truth. Who did it? I was like, okay, dude. First of all, calm down, Kojak. Who's Kojak? Oh, was an, he was like an investigator guy, like a police guy back in mm-hmm. the 70s, I think. Like, calm down there, dude. First of all, we all did it. And he's like, what? So I tell him, look, this lady had the picture. I asked for it. She gave it to me. I put it on my personal thumb drive. It's still there right now. And then this other dude and I went around and loaded it on everybody's computer. And everybody knew what we were doing. We all did it. But if you want to know whose idea it was, it was mine. And so he's like, oh, well, that's not what we believe. I'm like, well, it's the truth. So anyway, they thought it was this other guy, the guy that wasn't there that night. Mm-hmm. And they fired him. Oh, my God. But, dude, look, they got it in their heads that he... From his house, that he had not shown up to work on purpose, and that from his house, he remotely hacked into the manager's personal laptop at home and took a picture of him with his laptop camera while he was sitting in front of his camera, his laptop, and then hacked into, remotely hacked into all of the computers, every single station, and uploaded the picture to all those computers they thought that's what he did and i go you guys are out of your minds you're insane you think that that guy is capable first of all of doing all that kind of level hacking and he works for you why would he work at this dumpy company if he was capable of that level of hacking you bunch of freaking idiots i was like i'm telling you the truth right now it was me well we think you're you're covering for him why would i cover for him i don't even know him I was like, dude, you're out of your mind. And so... Wait, so the picture of your boss... Yeah. ...is not the same guy who they think is... Okay, so they think the guy who left for the intervention did it while he was... Yeah. Okay, yeah. So the guy that was that was at the intervention, they blamed him for remotely hacking into all these computers and setting up this prank. And I'm like... Who's the only person here that has been doing pranks from day one? It's me. You think this guy would set up this epic prank from home? Like, oh, y'all are stupid. So anyway, because he got fired, his wife divorced him. Because when he got the job, she was like, oh, I guess she thought he was, I don't know. They obviously had some issues. But her the kind of thing was like, if you you got to get this job and keep this job, otherwise I'm out. And he got fired for absolutely no reason for going to an intervention. <laughs> she divorced him. So, but you know, I ca- I kept in touch with him, and like it later, he ended up being very happy in a new relationship and kind of moved on. Like the divorce was good for him. And I apologized. I was like, dude, I'm so sorry how that played out. And he was like, eh, it needed to happen. And I was like, okay, <laughs> dude, I <laughs> guess so. I mean, it, it, I guess it worked out for him, you know, but, uh, it was damn. So that's why I put that part of myself to rest. <laughs> I was, uh, epic prank creative but once I realized that the consequences were much bigger than I had ever experienced before that the consequences could be that dire for somebody I was like yeah yeah I better stop 
Better not do that anymore because I used to do that kind of crap all the time. I would glue people's t- uh, chairs to the floor and <laughs> <laughs> kinds of stuff. But uh, anyway, where's our music? said a lot here but uh just to close things out why don't you tell us about your your little fish experiment <laughs> and how that how we get how we how did we end up with a bunch of fish in our shop okay well hey there mike getting a little friendly with me so i thought it would be an awesome idea to have an endless supply of fishing bait. Like, not a little worm farm. No. A fish farm. Get a fish tank, raise fish, breed them, endless supply. So, a couple weeks ago, me and my dad went out, and we caught these fish. We brought them home. Instantly, I fell in love with them. Those fish are my pets now. <laughs> I have ten little tiny pets swimming around in a fish tank in the shop. And maybe, maybe I'll use one of them as bait. But I would never be able to forgive myself. Yeah. Well, also when we were catching them, because that was kind of the purpose, was like, hey, let's go catch these fish and then we can raise them and have this endless supply of bait right but while we were there i knew i was in trouble because i was like hey let me grab one of these fish <laughs> for bait and he's like well you can grab one out of the bucket because i haven't named them yet <laughs> i'm like <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute i don't even know them like you're not naming these fish man these are bait you don't name your bait and i was like oh no He's going to develop a relationship with them. And next thing you know, I'm going to have to be raising pet freaking bait. Sure enough, guess who's raising pet bait? Me. Yeah. And the problem with raising pet bait is you got to freaking feed them. Yeah, but they don't eat that much. Right? How do we know? What if they were underfeeding them? <laughs> I mean, they're all... we're not giving them what they like. They seem pretty sufficient. I guess. They look pretty pleased. They're getting kind of big. At least one of them. I think one of them is really chomping on the minnows. Oh, yeah, we got minnows. Yeah, we bought a bunch of minnows and threw them in there, and they just stared at each other. I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to tear these minnows up. They just stared at each other. For a week. Yeah, for days. I was like, do they not know what the... They, maybe they don't know the species. They're not familiar with the species of minnow. And so they're afraid. <laughs> and the minnows are over there like, yeah, motherfucker, back up. I'm about to fuck you up. You get over here. You know what I mean? Like the minnows, they have no defense. But they're just like playing on the fact that they're unknown. So the other predator fish are like... Whoa. <laughs> hanging back like, oh God, those are some bad... <laughs> those are some bad dudes. He's like, yeah... Come on at us. Yeah, back up. That's right. You know, just <laughs> pure attitude like gangster thug little minnows. One of the bluegill eats them and they all start attacking each other. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I threw some worms in there. Well, I threw some crackers in there. And the minnows ate the crackers, but the the uh, predator fish didn't. And then I threw some worms in there. They didn't really eat the worms. I guess they eventually did. But it was the next day 
after the worms, after I threw some worms in there, it was the next day that I was like, oh, there's minnow bodies. <laughs> there are some minnow bodies floating around. Yeah. And the minnow numbers are much less than what we started with. I was like, okay. They must have finally went for it. One of those dudes got so hungry. He was like, I don't care if y'all attack me. <laughs> I'm going in. <laughs> and all the other predator fish, little bluegill, are like, don't do it, Sammy. Don't do it. They're going to get you. I don't care if they get me. I'm going to die either way. I'm going for it. And he just went in and started chomping on them. And they all were like, ah! They took off running. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like, oh, my God. They suck. <laughs> the whole time? The whole time? When the, it's like whenever the um the coach joins your dodgeball team. But you've never felt that experience. You're homeschooled. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, every time whenever the coach joins your team, the other team usually gets absolutely obliterated. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, speaking of dodgeball, I have this friend who is a, a Special Forces Marine, Marine Corps guy, Marine Corps recon guy. Yeah. Really bad dude. Uh, but... He played dodgeball with a whole bunch of toddlers. Not not with toddlers, but with younger kids. Like it was, and I was on the other team. Wait, where were you? What when was this? This was before you were born. Oh, this dude. We we was it was uh, like me and him, and then a bunch of kids. And this dude. Wait, you guys were on the same team? Nah, we were opposing, and uh, and I think. It was like everybody against him mm-hmm. at one point. We played that, that game, you know, everybody against him. Man, this guy's reflexes were so fast. He would he would lay down on the grass with his feet crossed and his hands behind his head <laughs> and dare people to throw the ball at him. And he would throw the ball at him. He would jump up, catch it, and smash you in the face with it before he landed back on the ground. He was so fast. Bro. It was amazing to watch. Did he ever get out? No. He was unbeatable. His reflexes were insane. He sounds epic. Yeah. He could he could dodge and like he would dodge and flex and like move and bend and and stretch and the matrix. Yeah, stuff. dude, he was like, like full on matrix. Anyway, cool dude. His name was Country. Country. Country roads. Okay. Well, sir. I think we've come to terms, and I'm gonna say it this time. We've said it all. We've said all that we can. And? <laughs> that, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's, we've said... It all. It all. We've said plenty. We've said plenty. There you go. Okay. Hey. Hey, man. The moral of the story? Try to protect your nuts. And if you're a lady, I don't think you have to worry. Try to have the coach on your team. Don't prank people. (laughs) Listen. If you have balls, (laughs) treat them with respect. Appreciate them. Love on them. For as long as you can. You never know when it's going to be your last chance. And that little ball twists up. Hey, hey, big dies. Big ball now. Rolls down your pant leg and ends up in your shoe. <laughs> All right, guys, we will catch you on Thursday. Yes. Peace out.
podcast is brought to you by me. Somali Mafia Podcast is on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Pippa.io forward slash Tamale Mafia, and a bunch of other places that nobody cares about. For more information about the Tamale Mafia Podcast, find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Tamale Mafia. Our intro music is brought to you by me. Our transition music is brought to you by bensound.com. For more royalty-free music, check out bensound.com. Our outro music is brought to you by Lim. For more mind-blowing intellectual electronic tracks, go to soundcloud.com forward slash getlim. That's L-I-M-N. And as always, thanks for listening.